You are listening to the official Acts 2 podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.acts2orlando.com. Good morning. Every time they ask me to speak here, I'm like, yes. It's such an encouraging thing just to be introduced like these guys do. And we all fight over who gets to introduce who every week just because that's something that we love to do so much is honor people. And speaking of, I want to honor someone special here today that was a surprise and I didn't know was coming. And it's my wife's grandmother, Frank Carlton over here. So glad she's with us today. And it's huge because when you think about shifting culture, it's one thing that she's done very well. For those of you that grew up in Central Florida, you would know she was um, in the Florida House of Representatives and a huge part, huge part of shifting culture in Central Florida and in the state of Florida that's carried over into other places. And so, so awesome that she's here with us today. Thank you for coming and hanging out with us. So we are talking about culture today, and this is something that I love to teach on. And yes, I like to have a spot to land, so I have a stool. And um, they always say, mention, they're like, oh, you had your stool today. And I'm like, yes, I have to have somewhere to land. But um, <laughs> so much to say. So <coughs> we are unpacking some stuff that we unpacked we're continuing to unpack. It's like you go on vacation and you just have to keep unpacking stuff, right? So several weeks ago, before our Kingdom Culture Weekend, we had our family summit and we unpacked some stuff that we had been working on for really six years, but intentionally working on for nine months. And so we're just continuing to do that today. And I just want to refresh it all for you. And so I'm just going to read some stuff that is uh, stuff that we've really gone after. And it's part of why um, we're teaching on culture today and the importance of it. But our mission statement here at the church is this transformations through encounters with Jesus and the revelation of God's goodness. Everything we do here comes back to that. When we talk about something new that we want to bring, when we talk about maybe there's a a, a specific worship night we want to do, or whatever it is, the healing rooms, the prophecy rooms, and anything to come, it comes back to this right here. Is it geared towards transformations through encounters with Jesus? That's the only way you can be transformed, right? Right? Yeah. I mean, look at Saul walking down the road, has an encounter with Jesus, and what happens? He gets radically changed. And then what does he do after that? He radically changes the world. And it's those encounters with Jesus that we have to go back to. And that's why that's something that we are so passionate about and something that we carry. And how do we do that? That's our vision. We create a kingdom culture marked by community, an atmosphere of joy, supernatural signs and wonders, and the expectancy of his goodness. Isn't that fun? Isn't that fun? I told the leadership team this morning when we were praying, I'm like, I love speaking here because it's so easy. The atmosphere is so full of expectancy. The atmosphere is so full of Holy Spirit and what he's doing that when you step up here, it's not like I'm trying to pull you guys and pull teeth out of you or anything. It's like, let's do this together. Let's go after this together. And that's what's so fun about it. So our core values that we're teaching on over the next um, several weeks, and really, truthfully, we could do like a four to six week series on each of these. So 
We're just going to do them one week at a time for now. But just to remind you all and refresh you on these, the goodness of God, honor, expectancy, family, the presence of God and risk and faith. Isn't that beautiful? So when we're talking about culture today, what we're doing is talking about why it's so important to lay the foundation, to really dive into this whole thing of how do we live this out? This is our mission, our vision, our core values as a church. But it doesn't mean for this building, right? The church isn't made up of facilities. The church isn't made up of buildings. It's made up of people, of you guys, of us guys, of all of us guys. And so that's why it's so important to begin to get this into us. Um, This morning, a word that was mentioned many times in our prayer was uh, the word surprises. And um, I was surprised by my grandmother in love coming. And um, I have another surprise that I want to share and then just really surprises over all of you. So this week, I was at home working on my computer and have the coolest spot to work. At my last church that I worked at, our offices were eight feet underground in the back. And it was an old furniture store, and it was like where they kept everything. You know, it was like the junk closet is where our offices were. There's no daylight. So now when I sit at my desk at home, I have bay windows in front of me. And I'm just like, ah, light. It's a beautiful thing. But um, I was sitting there working, and an Amazon truck pulls up. Pretty cool. They have their own delivery people now, isn't it? Yeah. They do. They do at my house, at least. Amazon truck pulls up, and I guess it's because we frequently purchase from Amazon. It's like, hey, we ran out of paper towels. They'll be here in an hour. Um, But the Amazon truck pulls up. Guy walks up with like four boxes, and I'm like, okay, whatever. And I go to the door, and I open it up, and I'm like, I have no idea what all this is. I set it down, and then I go back to work. Come back. The guy shows back up a few minutes later, and he's like, hey, I have another package with your name on it. But um, we're confused by what's going on here. So he comes in and he, he looks at him and they go, okay, I think it's a duplicate. Can you open up this box and see what it is? And I'm like, uh, sure. And, um, and I know Danielle had gotten me something that was coming in the mail. So I was like, hopefully this isn't it. And um, <laughs> so I like open it up with one eye shut and one eye open. But um, I'm opening up this box and it's like this big, this long, that wide. So kind of long and skinny box. And I look in there and I see this blue bag and it says something about camera on it. And I'm like, what is this? What in the world is this? And then I um, open up the other box and I see a little black square. And it was, I didn't like fully look at it at the time, but it was a GoPro, uh, Hero 5. So that's nice, isn't it? They do some cool stuff. I don't even know what it does yet. But that's not the full surprise of it yet. The surprise is Danielle did not order that. In that box, I call Amazon because I felt it was the integrous thing to do and be like, hey, we didn't order this. So I call Amazon, I read them the tracking number, and they go, yeah, that was um, your baby changing pad, right? I'm like, no. (laughs) Not a baby changing pad. (laughs) No. $14 baby changing pad was supposed to be in this box. And instead, I said, no, 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 no. There's a, uh, a camera with all these accessories in there and everything. They go, so no baby changing pad? And I said, no. And they said, we are so sorry we screwed up your order. You can keep that, throw it away, or donate it. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? So that week, same day also, Jay got a, um, was it energy drinks? that he had ordered energy drinks from a company and ended up something happening. But anyways, they like doubled them and sent him a bunch of free ones. So Amazon is delivering surprises, people. (laughs) 
But no, God is always wanting to meet and exceed our expectations. God is always wanting to do things that are completely unimaginable and things that we could never think of. I didn't even want to go pro. Now I have to go do adventurous things to, to use it. But um, so yes, just hold your hands out. We're just going to release that over the room this morning. So Jesus, right now, we release gifts and surprises. <laughs> Whether they come in the mailbox, whether they come from the delivery guy, whether they come from the person sitting next to you, Jesus, we want surprises in our life. We want you to surprise us in brand new ways, Jesus. Yeah, somebody in here loves rainbows. You're going to see a rainbow today. Um, What else is there? There's going to be things like that. That's the only one I heard was rainbows, so you're going to see one today. But um, for everybody else in here, those desires of your heart, the thing that you love, God wants to surprise you with those. So in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. That was fun. Love surprises. They're always surprising. But (laughs) so I want to um, set us up on how to properly receive talking about culture. And I feel like sometimes it can, when when people talk to you about culture and what's going on and that kind of stuff, a lot of times we can feel like, oh no, we've been doing things wrong. So I want to set this up for you properly. So back in, I think I was a senior in high school. It was a cold, dark night. <laughs> we, um, <laughs> no, it really was. We were playing baseball, and uh, when you play baseball in Georgia, the beginning of the season, it snows on you sometimes. They cancel track, they cancel soccer, they cancel everything, and our baseball coach was like, nope, we're going out there, boys. So we were out there, but this was actually a baseball game that we were playing, and it was night, so it was cold and dark, but there were lights on us. And um, it was one of the best nights I ever had hitting, hitting wise at the plate. And um, I loved it. Baseball was my passion growing up. It still is. So if there are baseball fans in here other than Carl, let me know. I need some people that like baseball around me. (laughs) We need nobody else. Carl, we got some back there. Softball, that's the same. Yes. All right. Sweet. I got a a few more friends today. Thank y'all. So that (laughs) night, we played, our region was weird. So basically, you guys are familiar with that term, region, conferences, like, you know, the SEC East, whatever. But for high schools, it's different. It's based on the school sizes and whatnot. And for some strange reason, our school is the biggest school around. And so we were stuck um, having to drive like two and a half hours for games. And so every Friday night, we had a doubleheader. <coughs> means playing two. And um, so we would play two games, but it was a doubleheader, so we had two games that night. And that night, I went seven for eight. Yeah, the three baseball people in the room understood how awesome that is. So basically, I went up to hit, and you know, this this was a really good team we were playing. And um, I went up to hit, and I got on seven out of eight times with a hit. And usually, like, you go into the Hall of Fame in major leagues if you if your batting average is like 300, which means you fail 70% of the time and you succeed three out of 10 times. So just to set the magnitude of how awesome it was, <laughs> I was seven for eight, okay? And here's the, here's the important thing with that. Yes, I was so excited about that night, but first of all, I knew I had to put that night to bed because <laughs> there was another game coming next week, Tuesday night. But secondly, I wanted to know what I did wrong at that one at bat. And it wasn't because I was stinking thinking It wasn't because I was stuck in negativity. It was, okay, on that at bat, I know I did this and this and this, and I can improve my game because of that. 
And so when we're talking about culture, when we're talking about these things, when we go through all of these core values, it's not saying, hey, we're doing stuff wrong. It's saying, hey, let's dive into this more. Let's pursue the more that's behind this stuff that we're talking about. Let's go further than we have been before. We want to improve upon our game. We want to go after what it looks like bringing heaven to earth. And so that's the basis from which to receive today. There you go. Set you up for success with that. So culture, there are a lot of different definitions and stuff. I mean, I know there's the Merriam-Webster definition, but other people like to make definitions too. And so I made my own. I'm just kidding. I picked one out that I liked the best out of all of them. But culture, here we go. Beliefs, customs, and values of a particular society. Most of you would agree with that, right? That's what culture feels like to you. It feels like the beliefs, the customs, and the values of a particular society. So then let's take a step back and look at that word customs. The beliefs, that's important too, but customs are also very important. Why? Because they're a habitual practice, the usual way of acting in giving circumstances. Right? A practice so long established that it has a force of law behind it. So when we're going after culture, when we're going after customs, when we're going after core values of this house, of the people of this house, this is what we're going after. We're going after to set up this kind of stuff. Culture is also viewed as the way that people cope with their world, right? It's how we respond to things based on the culture that's around us a lot of times. And culture is learned by education, Everybody's like, what are you going to say next? <laughs> and we best learn by repetition. Yeah. Culture is caught, not taught. Yeah. And it happens from being around people that are going after the same thing as you. That's right. And that's what's so cool about it. A fun story. We were up in Georgia visiting my awesome family. We were in the basement with my brother, and that's where we live with him. We, 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 we nail down the basement. Danielle Everett and my brother, and um, we were in a room doing stuff, and I was with Everett. My brother was playing with him and stuff, but Everett was going in the bathroom and wanting to flush the toilet, <laughs> and he likes the noise it makes, I guess. Um, haven't found any strange objects thrown in it yet. We haven't found them. Not sure if there have been, but we haven't had any issues, but he was going in and out of the bathroom doing that, and I looked at him, and I said, hey, Everett, bud, you can come play out here with this ball. And immediately he redirected and came to the ball. And here's what my brother said. He looks at me and he goes, oh, is that how you do that? You don't tell him no? I said, no. I said, I told him what he could do. And in that moment, he caught what we've been working on for so long in parenting. He caught it. I didn't have to teach him. I didn't have to tell him how to do it. He caught it. And when I saw that, I was like, whoa, you just caught what we've been trying to do. And it was just like culture is caught, not taught. Yes. It's important to teach on it so that we can catch it, but it is caught, not taught. There was a, um, the last church that I was at, it was a church plant, and um, it was, I was a child, I was a teenager, when it started, church plant, church launch, church start, I don't know exactly how to put it, it wasn't a church split, I know that much, and um, <clears throat> in the early days of the church, we were meeting all over the place, hotel rooms, and then there was a private school we met at for a while, and that kind of stuff, but I want to say the day that this happened, there was probably 50 or 70 people there, um, 
I don't think there was a hundred, but there may have been. But we, they got up and they taught on generosity. And that's something that's really big, right? They're really big in kingdom people is living a generous life. Why? Jesus was generous. He freely gave, right? Yeah. And he was about his father's business. And so that was important to him. And what they did that Sunday, I will never forget. It was, it was like the Oprah Winfrey show. It was at the end of the message, they said, and now we want to give you the opportunity. We want to be generous to you so that you can be generous to others. And they gave everybody there a hundred dollar bill, a hundred dollar bill. You get a hundred, you get a hundred. Everybody gets a hundred. And that's what they did. They sewed into us. And then they said, and we want to hear the testimonies of what happens with this money that you're sowing. It was so good. The stuff that happened is that from that moment, and that was 15 years ago, maybe 15, probably 16 years ago now is when that happened. And they're still doing some of the things that started with a hundred dollar bill and it just grew and expanded. But now that church is one of the most generous churches that I know. And it came because very early on, they established this culture of generosity by being generous. And so you all, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> everybody gets a $100 bill today, but no. But they wanted to, they understood. Yeah, $100 bill will show up in everybody's mailboxes. Check them when you get home. But, and if that happens, that'll be awesome. I'll just continue to release some bigger numbers for you. <laughs> but they understood that culture was caught, not taught. So they could get up and teach on it, but then they physically did something to sow in, and then they be continue to see the rewards from that. It's a small town church. They have, uh, they have like 500 people at it, but it's still a small town church in a small town. And people would just come by and say, hey, I got a bonus from work, and I just want to give it all to you guys. Like $10,000 checks in small town rural USA. Crazy, huh? It's because culture is caught, not taught. And so it's important to begin to realize when we look at culture that it really affects our responses to people, situations, and actions of others and our actions. And it happens all around us. But the responses that we have, the way we respond to people, the way that we respond to situations, and the way we respond with our actions comes from a culture within us. And sometimes we get our cultures mixed up. Philippians 3.20 says this in the New King James Version. It says, we are citizens of heaven. No, I'm just kidding. It says that in there too, but the New King James Version is in a, for a different verse I have later. But Philippians 3.20 says that we are citizens of heaven and we are not of this world. So with our citizenship, citizenship lying in heaven, where does our culture come from? Heaven. Right. It comes from heaven. We are ambassadors for God on earth. And that's one of the major basis of how do we establish culture? How do we go after culture? It's taking that step back and realizing I'm not just put here to do the work of God, but I'm put here as an ambassador of God as an ambassador of God with all authority and all power that he has, he's given to me so that then I can go out and change people and change the world around me. And so do we want the culture of heaven or the culture of our own experiences? Wow. That's a tough one. When you start to think about that, 
Do you want the culture of heaven or do you want the culture of your own experiences? There's so many times that we'll have different experiences happen around us, right? And we can create a culture, a mindset around those experiences. And that's not safe. It's not safe. When we build our culture, when we build our mindset, when we build that way that we respond, the way that we react, when we build that around experiences that we've had, it's not a firm foundation. It's not. It's very shaky ground because then a negative experience can tumble it all down, right? And so we have to go back to the word. That's where this all begins, is in the word of God is where the, we begin to learn what it looks like to be a citizen of heaven, where we begin to understand the fullness of living in him and living in everything that he has for us. Our cultures can be found in our lived out behaviors. This is a fun one. You want to know what your lived out behaviors are, where do you look? Checkbook and calendar, right? That's what's going to tell you what you value in life. Why? Because the two most precious things that you have are time and money a lot of the times. Why? The money allows you to do things in the time. Well, there's only so much of it. There's only so much time in a day. And so if you really begin to look at what do you value, what are the lived out behaviors from the culture that's within me, you can begin to look at how you spend your time, how you spend your money, what are you investing in, who are you investing in, and all of those fun things. But then it even, the, the, the reason I said that is this right here. You can have the message, but not the heart and the spirit. You can have the message of the culture, you can do things externally, but you don't have it going on internally. We could have here very prophetic people. We could have here people that could pray for healing. We could have a prophetic ministry here. We could have a healing ministry here. We could have a, um, a, a generosity ministry here. I don't know. That sounds like fun. That's something I'd love to be a part of. We could have all these different ministries, but that doesn't mean we have a culture of it. If stuff's not happening on the inside of us, we're just doing things externally. We're not fully embracing what it looks like to operate out of a culture of whatever that is. If you come to church to get a, if you come next week to get a prophetic word from one of the ordained people to be in the room, you're coming to a prophetic ministry. But if you come to this place and you go, I want a word, and then we have a prophetic culture established here, any one of you can do it perfect example. We have kids that'll come to our youth ministry. It's their very first time there, and we'll do a prophetic game, and they'll be releasing words over people they don't even know. Why? It's about establishing a culture. It's about something that's happening internally and not externally. Culture is something that we experience externally that then begins to shift and become a part of our internal wiring, but from that point on, then it flows out and affects us externally. Okay? So we experience culture as a people, as a people group, as humans on the earth. We experience different cultures, right? If you're in corporate world, your experience of corporate culture is going to be completely different from mine. I've never interviewed for a job. (laughs) I know. If anybody here would like to interview me one day, I would love to do it just because I want to know what it's all about. (laughs) But, um... (laughs) 
a lot of my, a lot of my quote unquote interviews have been done because people knew me. So it was like, you know, 15 years of them knowing me and saying, Hey, Andy, we want you to do this. But, um, there's a corporate culture in, in different schools. There's cultures there in, in different friend groups. There's cultures there. And so you can begin to identify all the cultures that are happening around you. And here's a, a, an example that I thought of with this. Okay. I've lived in Longwood, Florida for two years now. I lived in Castleberry for two three years before that. And I know kind of the culture of the area that I'm in, right? I know when to drive on the road, when to not. Otherwise, you just get mad and sit in traffic. It takes me like 20-something minutes to get here sometimes a day. Sunday morning, five. It's awesome. But if I take the same culture that I've learned around me here and I can move to Costa Rica, I'm going to be in for a rude awakening, right? Because it's going to be completely different. And so if my culture and how I function, how I respond is simply based on what I'm experiencing externally, then it's always going to change. Yeah. It's always going to change. We have to have culture so established in us and so deep within us that no matter where we go, no matter what we experience, no matter what's going on around us, it does not affect us internally, but rather we begin to change things externally. And that's where you begin to see a shift in what's going on around us. It's our internal world that is the first thing to change in the glory of God's outpouring. For such a transformation to take place in the world around us, it first has to happen in the world within us. So as we're teaching through all of our core values, Courtney took family last week and unpacked it beautifully. And she has like three more messages on that ready to go. Why? Because that's what she is. She understands family. She understands community. And it's not just like community groups. It's us as a people together, living life together and doing things together and what that looks like. And she began to unpack that last week for us. And it's a beautiful thing. But if you just hear it and you're like, that's a great word. I love Acts 2 Church is going after that. You're missing the heart behind why we're doing all this. What we're doing is we're saying, hey, we've identified some stuff that we think is key to watch revival break out in this city, in this region, in this state, and in this nation. And these are the things that we want you guys to grab a hold of so that we can all be a part of it together. And so what we're doing is not about come to Acts 2 Church and see our core values. It's about, hey, we want you guys to be living examples and living, breathing these cultures out of you everywhere that you go. We're not about building this church necessarily. We're about building people. (laughs) We're about building people because then you can begin to change many people. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. When you look at the fivefold ministry, so many times in corporate culture and other things like that, there's a, a pyramid, right? From the top down CEO or the chairman of the board or whatever it is, whoever's in charge, the boss starts at the top and from there everything flows down, right? And then it stops down with the last level of people and comes across and you have your perfect little triangle there. But in God's kingdom, there's no end to the increase of his government. There's no end to what he's capable of doing. And so what we have began to shift towards is looking at the fivefold ministry is this. We're flipping that triangle upside down and we're building our house on the apostles and the prophets. And from there, there's no limit to the increase of his kingdom. There's nothing that can stop what he's doing because now we're taking this thing, the culture that's within us, we're taking what we're able to release and what we're able to capture together and we're able to really go after something and there's no end on it. Come on. There's no end on it. 
So we're in the business of building people. Yes. We're not in the business of building programs. We're not in the bu- business of building things. We're not in the, pro- the, the business of building buildings necessarily, but what we are in the business of is building people. Yes. Yes. That's good. That was a freebie. Yeah. Good one, man. You can have it. <laughs> Only what is true on the inside can be released on the outside. And so I want to talk about that for just a minute, what it looks like to really begin to dive into this on the internal so that you can begin to experience releasing it externally and begin to shift and change people around you and begin to change things around you. The first thing that you have to do is you have to connect to the culture of heaven. I'm doing something really fun today. I'm using three C's. You have to connect. To, and they came to me this morning, like on the ride here. So that's why it's fun. You, you have to connect to the culture of heaven. All right, so that's what's so important to begin to watch the change happen internally within you. You have to be connected to the source. Yes. You have to be connected to the source. No, the source is not the church. The source is Jesus. Yes. The source is him. And where is he seated? Heavenly places. And where are we seated with him? In the heavenly places. We are citizens of heaven. And that's not meant for down the road. It's not like, hey, I bought my ticket so that... How many of you watched the movie, um, what was it, 2012? When the Mayan calendar, they thought the world was going to end and it was a flood and they built all the big boats and the people bought their tickets that was going to be their salvation, right? They bought their ticket, their spot on the boat. And then they knew when, when the time came, when the rain started to come, they knew, hey, now I can go get on the boat. That's not how the citizen of heaven thing works. How it works is you sit there and you say yes to Jesus, you step into that covenant relationship with him. And from then on, you are now a citizen of heaven. You are now placed with him in the heavenly places. And you get to access from that point. And so it's not something for later. It's something for now. But we have to connect to that culture of heaven. And the only way to find it out is to ask him and to be with him. Like I said, we see culture happening around us all the time, and you may not identify it as such. You may not identify it and say, oh, this is that culture happening right here. But we see it, and we experience it. And so if we take our time, and we take a step back, and we look, and we say, okay, Jesus, now I want to only be connected to your kingdom. I only want to be connected to the culture of heaven. Therefore, I'm going to stay in that place. Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. And it doesn't say, set your mind on the things above for a little while and bring it back down. It says, set your mind on the things above and live it, leave it there. That used to be a verse that I would pull on when I was struggling. And then I realized, oh, wait, I'm struggling because I'm letting my mind come back down. And it's not just like my defense is, okay, now I will set my mind on things that are above. No, it's now I'm going to live with my mind in the place of the things that are above. You have to be connected to the culture of heaven. The next thing that you have to do is you have to cultivate that connection. You have to cultivate that connection, right? So you begin to experience what it looks like to live in the culture of heaven. You begin to experience what it looks like to live in this fullness that God has to offer us. And you begin to experience the changes that begin to happen with you internally. When situations arise and you respond and you're surprised by the way you respond. That happened to me. Several, back when I was in college, I was, uh, I was in chemistry lab. Oh, that teacher was terrible. And um, 
they, <laughs> anyways, they, um, <laughs> when you get into college, it's all about the professor. If you get one like Carl, you're in a great place. If you get one like my chemistry professor, you should quit. Um, no, don't do that. But <laughs> what happened that day was we had all done our labs, and then you have to fill out your lab report. And I wasn't a chemistry major. I had to take this class to graduate. I was a business major. I'm like, great. Now I know how to mix chemical compounds and, and do business things. But um, turned in the lab, we get it back, and everybody failed. Like, I got like a 50 on it, and everybody in the room did. And it was because the teacher decided to be an unkind person 